Welcome to Understanding Buddhism in America. My name is Mike, and I am back. It's been a long time since my last podcast, and I want to start by saying I'm sorry for leaving so abruptly. I've been going through a bit of drama, and truth be told, I didn't know if I wanted to come back and continue until I started reading the comments and the emails sent to me asking for more. So thank you to Tim, Simon, Frank, Kara, Scott, Chris, Jack, Mike, Charity, Ryan, Brad, Vivier, and Jesse, all for supporting me. You're the ones who really brought me back. I'm going to try and make this podcast a once a week thing now, and I'm not going to stop. So for as long as I have a voice, you'll get plenty more. When I left off, we were on part two of the story of Buddha. And even though it's been the longest cliffhanger in podcast history, I want to hold off for one more podcast before we start part three. Today, I want to talk about the reason that brought me back. And that reason is God. Whoa, whoa, whoa. God? What is this? I thought this was a Buddhist podcast. Well, it is a Buddhist podcast, but I believe every person at some point will question their understanding of the universe by asking, what about God? So, let's take some baby steps. A lot of people like to start talking about God by asking whether or not God exists, but I think that's a mistake. If we were to talk about an animal I've never seen before, like a zebroid, my first question wouldn't be, do zebroids exist? My first question would be, what the hell is a zebroid? Well, a zebroid is the offspring of a zebra and a horse or a donkey, but but what in the world is God? Answering that question is pretty tricky without stepping on toes, but I think the answer lies in all of the studies done on God, which we now call religions. After all, that's what a religion is, isn't it? A study of the spiritual aspects of the universe? There have been many different books written, like the Old and New Testaments of the Bible, the Quran, the Tripitaka, the Angas, the Vedas, the Tao Te Ching, and so on about what spirituality is all about in this earthly realm of ours. I don't like to call any of them right or wrong, because according to Buddha, right and wrong are just dualities. Dualities exist only because we invented them. There's a gradient between every two extremes that our minds really like to ignore, because it's easier to see the world as black and white rather than some kind of color and some kind of color. There are no opposites, really, because within any pair of opposites, it becomes clear that one side cannot exist without the other. Without wrong, there is no right. Without bad, there is no good. So let's not get tangled up in the silly vocabulary of right and wrong, that we're just dying to mentally write about everything. Instead, let's just see what all these religions actually say about God. I'm going to start with a quote from the Buddha himself. I do not care to know your various theories about God. What is the use of discussing all the subtle doctrines about the soul? Do good and be good, and this will take you to freedom and to whatever truth there is. I love this quote, and I think it's a great way to kick things off because it really shows you that no matter what you believe, the truth is always simpler than the thought. For Hinduism, in chapter 13 of the Bhagavad Gita, it says the supreme truth exists both internally and externally in the moving and the non-moving. He is beyond the power of the material senses to see or to know. Although far, far away, he is also near to all. Although the supersoul appears to be divided, he is never divided. He is situated as one. Although he is the maintainer of every living entity, it is to be understood that he devours and develops all. So basically, if you're following along, trying to imagine what these words describe, you figure out pretty much instantly that it's impossible. 
That's what infinite is. It's unimaginably large. Our minds can't even comprehend the number of bugs that live in the earth below our feet, let alone every living entity. In Hinduism, God created this world in the same way you might create a dream if you had the time and the power. When you dream, everything you experience in that dream is you. You created it all. When you wake up, you go away, and it all disappears. If you had complete control over your dreams, what would you dream about? First, you'd probably dream about all the things you love, right? But that would get boring pretty fast. So then maybe you'd add in some dream danger to make it more exciting. Maybe you'd reenact some of your favorite action movies. But eventually that would get old too because you'd always know you were dreaming and you were never really in any danger. So in order to really experience a dream, you have to make yourself forget you're dreaming. Only then will everything feel real. For Taoism, the Book of Lei Zhu says, A foreigner, imbued with Christian ideas, naturally feels inclined to substitute for the Tao the term by which he is accustomed to denote the supreme being, God. But this is only admissible if he is prepared to use the term God in a much broader sense than we find in either the Old or the New Testament. That which chiefly impresses the Taoist in the operations of nature is their absolute impersonality. The inexorable law of cause and effect seems to him equally removed from active goodness or benevolence on one hand or malevolence on the other. The idea that God or the Tao or Buddha or whatever other little names we make up and try to write on infinity exist without personality, without being good or bad, makes way more sense to me personally because infinity is everything. Infinity is good and bad. It's always right in front of your face and always surfing the edge of the universe should such a thing really exist. But this doesn't sound very Western, does it? In the Bible, God has a very distinct personality. He talks to people, he destroys evil, and he tests people's faith. But what else does the Bible say? In Isaiah 45, God says, I am the Lord and there is no other. Besides me, there is no God. I will gird you, though you have not known me, that men may know me from the rising to the setting of the sun, that there is no one besides me. I am the Lord and there is no other, the one forming light and creating darkness, causing well-being and creating calamity. In John chapter 1 it says, Through him all things were made, without him nothing was made that has been made. So God created everything, good and bad. And essentially, everything that has been made has been made through God. That's a really good way of putting that not only did God make everything, but everything that's been made contains God. It was made through him, not just by him. One of my favorite philosophers is Alan Watts, and he says, God is what nobody admits to being, and everybody really is. I find it interesting how many people can easily admit they believe God is everywhere, but often dismiss the notion that God is everyone. Why wouldn't this be true? Isn't everyone a part of everywhere? The term everywhere is as difficult for our minds to comprehend as the term infinity, because essentially they are the same. But everywhere definitely includes inside of us, in every cell, in DNA. I think people have a hard time with this because we tend to think of things we see as created. So when a kid asks his mom or dad what trees are made of, 
I think a lot of parents would answer wood, leaves, branches, chlorophyll, bark, roots, cells, or whatever. But not many parents would simply say trees aren't created, they just grow. You can water a tree, and you can feed it fertilizer, but you can't assemble one. There's nothing right or wrong about seeing the world as a creation. The problem lies when one only sees it as a creation. The world is more than that. It's alive every day and every moment. The difference is subtle, but it's a birthplace for ignorance and intolerance. If everyone in the world admitted, no matter what the religions or creeds, that there is something spiritual and wonderful inside of everything in this universe, then it wouldn't really matter where exactly you thought God was located or whether or not you believed in God at all. Because at that point, we'd all treat everything with the love, respect, and awe of spiritual unity. The cool thing is, we already live in this unity. Now we just have to realize it. My personal philosophy on God? I think of love and God as interchangeable labels. It's like all these people from all over the planet found out about this incredible love that we're all made of, and religions flawed or not, are our way of trying to describe what it is and why it's there. There's nothing wrong with calling it God, love, soul, or anything else, because it exists outside of and even within all those labels. But the point isn't what to call it, the point is there's always someone out there who cares. Even in our darkest moments, a basic love for our fellow man is something we all have in common. The miracle is in the moment you realize how amazingly underappreciated that love is. It's the reason I return to this podcast. I'm a creature who lived 23 years on this earth until this very moment, and I was given a voice, one of the rarest assets in the animal kingdom, and I'm using it to say that love is not only real, it's undefinably amazing. I don't mind calling that a miracle, or even God. Not because I'm religious, but because if I apply all of my logic to understanding love, all I see is how lucky I am to be here because of it, and how lucky I am to feel it. I don't really give a crap about being a good person for the judgment of a divine being. I give a crap about being a good person for my friends, my family, and the strangers I meet along the way who could use help, or maybe just a good memory. I think Ziggy Marley said it best, love is my religion. So the non-conceptualizable concept of God doesn't have to be a rejection of reason or logic. It can just be an understanding that some loves are so vast and amazing, we'll never be able to fully comprehend them. So why not focus instead on trying to return the unimaginable favor? Because in the end, what other way of living could be more fun? Now, I've talked a little bit about science before in my podcast, if my memory serves me right, and this inconclusive conclusion of mine about God seems to fit with science pretty well. Only while Christians call Christ Christ, and Taoists call the Tao Tao, and Buddhists call Buddha Buddha, science's closest label on infinity, in my opinion, is space. I believe love slash God is infinite. Most religions agree on this as well, and space behaves exactly the same way. It's everywhere. It's in everything. Everything that exists couldn't exist without it, and nothing exists without it. Everything is made of it. Many people have heard of the Big Bang Theory, that the universe is expanding from a single point where everything existed in the same tiny little spot until something happened. Space was injected into that dense little spot. Only it wasn't a little spot, because in order for us to see a spot, we need a background of a different color behind it but there is no color behind this non-spot. 
everything was this non-spot. And then the Big Bang. Space. Particles suddenly had the chance to form into atoms, which formed into elements, and everything just kind of expanded and expanded and has been expanding ever since. There are many stories about the creation of the universe, and some people say the Big Bang proves there must have been a creator. Because why else would that change between non-space and space happen? We tend to think events happen because of coincidence, nature, man, or God, but maybe those are all the same thing. At any rate, it's up to every individual to draw their own non-conclusive conclusions about the universe, God, and love. And I'm not doing this podcast to persuade anyone to believe in my beliefs. But I certainly wouldn't mind persuading people to believe that the more perspective one gets about a certain subject, the clearer that subject becomes. I personally don't think the non-conceptualizable concept of God is an exception to that. I think every religion has quite a few lessons that are accessible to anyone who dare look. With all that said, I'd like to end this podcast with a quote from the Quran. Believers, Jews, Sabians, or Christians, whoever believes in God in the last day and does what is right, shall have nothing to fear or regret. Thank you for listening to Understanding Buddhism in America. My name is Mike, and if you'd like to reach me for questions, comments, or shoutouts, you can email me at understandingbuddhisminamerica at gmail.com. Next week, we'll continue on with Part 3, The Return of the Buddha. (laughs) 